0: studios for another edition of talk a good game and i'm here with fergal lynch and i and, uh, you know jimmy Gagan is my name fergal and i'm here to present this show and here we are for another edition of talk a good game thanks very
1: much jimmy yeah and um, it only feels like a, a few minutes ago since we did the last one of course we brought a bonus edition of the podcast out on friday just reflecting on the opening rounds of the borne cup and the Kill cup so we've had another round of games since then Jimmy um, and not just that it's been a, a busy old weekend of sports um, yes. uh, as as always is and I know on the last edition of the podcast we spoke about the, the sports awards and we just, I might just give them a mention again because uh, we're just putting the final touches to the, the first part of our Two part preview to the sports awards, um, yeah. where we we look at the uh, young sports person of the year nominees, the club of the year nominees, and the team of the year nominees. So, um, again, they're, like, they're uh, on
0: the 20th of January, yes, 20th of January in,
1: in the new range in, in, in Navan, yeah. So, young sports person of the year nominees, Gavin Ryan, as we said, a young fellow who boxes out of the boxing club, uh, won a couple of underage national titles, and then. Uh, went on and won a national senior title, uh, which is a remarkable thing for a kid of only seventeen or eighteen years of age. And we also uh, pre- we also profile Manalys Jack Douglas, who uh, lost a leg in a, a lawnmower accident many many years ago when he was a two-year-old. only a kid, only yeah. a two year old. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but he is he's rallied well, and he's uh, he. Scored a goal in the Amputee World Cup Finals in Turkey, um, so that was a remarkable achievement for him. And our third nominee in the Young Sports Person of the Year category then is Sam Curtis, an Avon guy who uh, made a huge impact with St Patrick's Athletic.
0: Yeah, he played. Um, he played in that wonderful victory to beat CSKA Sofia.
1: Yeah, last August it would be. He was just 16 years of age, I believe, playing a centre back in in European football. I think uh, the said, of achievement uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. that's our young sports person category our team of the year category um, meet ladies of course uh, making back to back all <laughs> Ireland senior championships and also winning the National Football League Division 1 title Retort uh, their um, Castletown Castletown are also listed uh, one the nominees in the team of Retort the year Retort their club of the year yeah, yeah. yeah so Castletown our team of the year uh, nominee having won the, the Mead junior football title they won the A-League Division 3 and they also won the Leinster junior football title When we get round to how they get on in the All-Ireland semi-final at the weekend, we'll get round to that shortly so um, that's Castletown, we have uh, we, as we've already mentioned the Mead ladies and the other team of the year Nominee were trim, are Trim Celtic mm. who of course completed the NEFL double of league and cup Mm. Uh, so a remarkable year for them Uh they're also profiled in this week's paper and the final category profiled in this week's paper uh is for the club of the year awards and we have trim ga club uh who swept all before them on the hurling front at underage level under 13 up to under up, right up to senior uh, also had a good year if we we're back to the beginning of the year getting to an all Ireland club final uh as part of the club of the year Retotes, as you've already mentioned Another the nominees for the club of the year award, uh, remarkable achievement for the senior team to get to both uh, senior hurling and senior football finals in yeah. championship. It's uh, it's rarely rarely achieved feat. It's actually what an not, achievement. Yeah, it's actually 1985 since that particular double was done. By, by Navin and Matney, who won right. the senior football and senior hurling in '85. Uh, had an uncle who played on the hurling team my um, uncle Paul played in goals for the hurling team in, Matthews, Matthews yeah. in 1985 yeah so uh, and the other uh, club of the year nominee are Meat Bowls who I had the, Meat Poland Club who I had the pleasure of going out to visit on Saturday morning um, you know uh, some, sometimes we focus on success and the glory of teams and that's what uh, that's what clubs and, and teams the, the foundation of what they're built on is the success and the silverware they have Meatballs are plenty of silverware, but it's a kind of a and not underrated, but maybe underappreciated sport. And what that club provides as an outlet uh, for people of an older generation, we'd say who you know mightn't be fit to be running around uh, football pitches or soccer pitches or riding horses or that. But you know, it, it's a great outlet for them, and it's a sport they really enjoy. Talking to Joe Fitzsimons at the. Um, at the club there on Saturday morning where they were playing sports link in their winter league competition games can go on for two and a half three hours and uh, so concentration as well as uh, concentration and, and hail, physically fit as well hail and rain so that, you know, and wind um, and it goes on like they were
0: well wrapped up it mightn't was, uh, want to sort of uh, go horse riding or play yeah, yeah. B- golf or anything like that but, but it's a but great
1: outlet for them uh, both mentally and physically for, for people of of you know, a certain age that are maybe gone beyond... Easy, Fergo Yeah, <laughs> <I'm> <laughs> including myself nearly in that, but uh, who have gone beyond I, the, the rigours of uh, maybe contact sport and that sort of stuff. But it's, uh, yeah, fair play th- to them. It's, th- it's, it's, it's a great little club out there. so I thought there
0: was a bit of slagging coming up there, no, personal no, slagging. No, no, you know. no,
1: New Year's resolution. <laughs> mm. Not to slag as much. Um, so, yeah, they're the three nominees that we profiled. the three categories that we profile in this week's paper. Team of the Year... Club of the Year and Young Sportsperson of the Year and we'd have mm. more than in next week's paper but uh, yeah, but one, yeah of those, one of those nominees Jimmy was uh, Castletown. Castletown and you had uh, both the pleasure and the misfortune of being in Port Leash on Saturday the pleasure of seeing David Clifford in action for his club um, what was that like Jimmy we all saw the video at the end of the game and yeah
0: yes it was remarkable uh, seeing at the end all right you know to see all those uh, hundreds of ch- kids Many of them, for me, too, rushing out to, to get the autograph of David Clifford. Now, I don't know how many succeeded in doing that. There were so many of them. He'd, he'd be still there signing autographs yeah, yeah. If, he, if he tried to uh, please them all. But, look, it was... Uh, it's, great. it's great to see that
1: the GEA can produce these type of role models. You know, for, for so you, long yeah. we look at uh, our TV screens and you see Ronaldo's and Messi's and people flocking to them and kids running onto pitches and they're treated almost, mm. they've got security around them. The kids can't get near them. So to see a role model like David Clifford and, and the kids swarming around them and these guys stay on the field. I, I, I'll just give a couple of examples. At the end of, after they uh, trim Dainsford game, in Nolan Park earlier this year, where, or late last year, sorry, where Trim beat Dainsford in the Leinster Club. And all the loads of Trim kids were standing at the gate as I was walking out. And I thought fair play to them now. They're there to give their players a round of applause and congratulate them. They were there to get Richie Hogan's autograph.
0: Right, Paul Murphy's
1: yeah. autograph, and they are hurdles out, and the trim players walk by, and went, "Well done, lads!" And then they saw Richie Hogan, and it was all around Richie Hogan. Of
0: course, the great thing about the GA and it has been all down the years is that the the legends of the game walk around among us. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I, yeah.
0: you know that we meet him in the shops, we meet him in the streets. Yeah, like, uh, like
1: Rich, Richie Hogan's team were absolutely shocked by trim, but Richie took note. You know, he didn't yeah. bat an eyelid, he signed all the hurdles and signed all the autographs for the kids and Paul Murphy the same, like and amazing that the kids recognize them. I'm talking eight, nine, ten year old kids. Who were fully aware of who Richie Hogan was, you know, and it was it's just
0: amazing. Yeah, well, I was uh, after the game on in in, in Leash on Saturday. I was talking to this uh, the, the 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 mother of uh, two children about maybe ten and eight, something like that, and they were waiting for David Clifford. <laughs> they weren't going to give up easily. Yeah, they yeah. didn't get a chance on the pitch, not not enough to so many other youngsters. And, but, uh, but, and the woman, the lady in question, she um, she compared it to Beatlemania. Yeah, you yeah. know, and it's it was a very very good description, very, very apt description
1: to see it and, and again the other example that I was going to mention was after Mead played Galway in the um, in the National League last year last the end of January beginning of February last year if anybody remembers it down in Salt Hill it was the dirtiest we didn't horrible, score in the first half yeah didn't score yet, but it was dirty horrible wet windy awful day absolutely shocking day and uh, Mead were well beaten and we are standing in the tunnel after the game waiting to do our, our post-match interviews and it must have been Three quarters of an hour after the game, and in came Shane Walsh, and he absolutely soaked to the bone. He'd been out on the field signing autographs, shaking hands, getting his photograph taken with kids in horrible conditions. But and he was after playing the full game, and he came in and there was another couple of kids in the tunnel, and he stood at them and he'd a smile and a joke and an arm around them. Now I know it's easy to smile and joke when you win, but Again it just goes to show that adulation. And you can see it at Mead games as well, when full time whistle goes up. I've seen Mead players absolutely dejected after games. Put smiles on their face when kids went up to them asking for autographs. And that's important both for the kids and the players to be able to do that.
0: It certainly is. And the Mead Ladies football footballers oh, uh, they they're brilliant at that. They must have a paint
1: their face, Simon. Uh, I mean <laughs> and yeah I mean smiling and Simon.
0: Absolutely selfies. Uh, the, the selfies uh, after every match, mm. so they're they're real folk heroes, and it's brilliant to see, and it's brilliant to see the response that they they give. And uh, you know, we um, we certainly saw heroes. You know, Clifford is one of the heroes for Fossa, but um, we saw some heroes as well for Castletown at the weekend. You know the last what you know so eleven th- th- points th- two, to three fourteen yes yeah, yes three fourteen to eleven points yeah uh, but how did
1: the game go it was but played I mean it didn't play badly
0: it wasn't I mean, I mean they could have Foster could have and should have scored at least another two or three goals only for the bravery and the, the skills and the agility of Jonathan Gennady in the, in the Castellan goals he prevented another couple uh, of uh, scores there but it, it didn't play particularly badly So and they could have got but Fossa just to look at them I mean what, what what's Clifford Clifford must be 6'3, six, 6'4 six, something oh, like that in height and it, there was about another seven or eight players that seemed to be like that you know that same kind of physique well, very tall men good footballers certainly very good footballers um, Emin O'Shea you know we've got um, Harry Buckley players like that you wouldn't have heard too, heard too much about Paulie Clifford obviously Matt Rennie supposed
1: to be very good for Matt, them
0: uh, Matt Rennie yeah, he's, he's, yeah he got a point as well um, you know the, the players actually are all over the pitch and, and that's what Aidan Young the Castdown manager had been talking about beforehand that you know it's okay formulating a plan to to try and contain David Clifford but you've got another uh, 14 players you have to try and uh, yeah, yeah. contain, and it was a very good point because nine of their players got on the score sheet, so it's quite yeah. a quite a scoring spread. You know, it just shows you the, the threat that they carry. And so I, it was two two seven uh, to six at half time, playing yes. against the wind. Yeah, yeah. You
1: know, and, and as Johnny Guinnie said in his post match interview with yourself, that there were two sloppy goals to give away. Take them out, but there was only a point in it against the wind. So Castle Town must have felt.
0: In a good position at half-time. Well, they did. And the great thing about, uh, I was asking Johnny, is the sense that they didn't go down there, you know, with any uh, vague idea of just containing Fossa. They went down there to win that game, Fergal. They wanted to win it, and they certainly uh, gave it everything. But it was, so there was, it was that sense of mentality. He was a very disappointed guy afterwards, you know. Mm, you yeah, would, we'll you, would, you would after. think they got to an All-Ireland semi-final and, that that you know that that put up a decent enough show Against Fossa, uh, but, but they were there to win, they were there to win, absolutely. So it was lovely <laughs> yeah. to see that. And also, another great thing about that was the way that Castletown played, they didn't play with uh, uh, everybody back like we saw teams like that. Donegal won in All Ireland like that, yeah, we playing don't with there. Well, I mean, that's not <laughs> the and, and look, you can't blame them in a sense, you can't blame a team like Donegal um, against Dublin, against that Dublin team, because if they had gone man to man they would have been, you know, beaten by 20 points. Yeah, yeah. So they, they formulated this plan and it worked for them. Yeah, now, yeah. A, a lot of people have um, criticised Jimmy McGuinness over the years and so on for formulating a, a, a game like that and a, and a strategy that really... You know, negates any um, adventurous play. It's about really containing opponents. But um, you can't blame Donegal, Gold, can you? Would you we how, well, you how know, would you approach that game? Well,
1: well look at it. it's it's and it's something that uh, we'll talk about when we talk about the uh, Mead's draw with Leash in the O'Brien Cup. Um, about different styles and different approaches by different managers, and you do what you got to do to win. Uh, but. From what you're saying, it was refreshing to see that uh, Aidan Young and his management team approached Fossa with the same level of respect and uh, determination to go out and try and win the game as they would if they were going out to play Dunsany in the Meade County final or sitting in the the county semi-final. So they, they had their game plan and they were basically saying to Fossa, will you contain us? don't mm. know, you know we'll, mm. we'll do our job on you mm. but you're going to have to think about us as well And
0: well it was a great tribute to their players that, yeah. that, that they, they trusted their players so much and so young green um, like Reid McConnell
1: is 18 years of age yeah, and he's, a very, he's, he's very standing good out good talent be, you know not putting very pressure on the young people a bit talent. like what we're doing with uh, Evan Ferguson over in Brighton at the minute but Reid McConnell has the possibility of going on to be a, a very very exciting midfielder along with someone like Connor Gray in midfield mm. for Mead and for Twenty or sorry, for 10, 12 years to come.
0: Yeah, there's some other very good young players there. Adam, Adam Matthews, and Killian Price, these young players as well, are extremely good. Uh, but you know, Evan, Evan Hoy was given the task of, of Mark and Clifford, which is. You Know that he was a full back, Clifford was a full forward, and there wasn't any uh, change in their format to sort of try and contain Clifford in any way. There
1: was no man put in front on that didn't double mark Clifford, they didn't,
0: no, not really. No, it was month one to one, and, and uh, you know, there was there was a, that's a great tribute to him. How to, did Evan you do? Yeah, he did quite well. Clifford, you know, ended up with what seven points or so, you know, and six of those were from play. Yeah. But I mean, as Aidan Young said again, said before the match. You, you know, you're, you're going to have to expect that he's going to get seven or eight he's points. Seven
1: or eight points against all-star full-backs as well. You know, yeah, yeah. So what...
0: Evan Hoy did very well yeah, in Evan that Hoy's context. Evan Hoy's a good footballer, very good. In that, that context, you know, and so, the, so you know, Castle Down didn't play badly at all. Did they, they represented a county with pride, Fergal?
1: Yeah, and that's all we can ask them to do. And, and fair play, and we congratulate them on a on a great season and. Uh, They'll rattle, they'll rattle a few doors now in the Intermediate Championship next year I know it was a big shock for them to be relegated out of the Intermediate mm. a couple of years ago and uh, they were They were expected to do well they were expected to win a Mead Junior Championship I know it was a tough Mead Junior Championship mm. but they would have been one of the favourites to win it so they did what was expected of them in Mead and then went above and beyond um in Leinster winning that Leinster was a brilliant achievement for them yeah. and then performing well in North Ireland semi-final absolutely and, uh, they can they can walk around Castletown and, and Navan and wherever they want to go for a few pints certainly with their heads held high and as
0: Johnny, Jonathan Ginnity said also that uh, you know the, the experience they get, they've picked up in the last few weeks last few months even the last year has been, you know, no, no, there's no price on it. It was a brilliant experience. Now they'll, they'll have to take a few d- weeks off because, you know, the league starts, you know, a couple of weeks and uh, yeah, well, the, 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 the league, whole thing the, gets underway again. I think the league starts on the fifth of February. You know, that's you know, weeks. <laughs> Is it too much Two, for them? Weeks. Is it should three they weeks. should they be given should they be given a certain leeway? Another couple of weeks well, off.
1: Ter- I, I know Trim were uh, when they were in the All Ireland Club Final the week after the All-Ireland Club final or six days later they were playing in a Fesh Cup game against Rotot. Right, okay. You know, yeah, that, yeah. that was a ropey experience for a few people. I'd say <laughs> but, it was, uh, i say it was. Yeah, but uh, you know, so the, they got the, G, the GA waits for no man or child. Yeah. They, you know, yeah, have to get on with it and Castletown will be fitter than anybody going out put it this way they'll be one of the fittest teams yeah. starting off in A League this year of course they're promoted into Division 2B having won Division 3A last year yes, correct. so they're promoted in the league and they're promoted in the championship it'll be a, it'll be an interesting 2023 for them but we'll I'm see sure how they get on. only young players as well they have a few old stagers that have uh, driven them on uh, hopefully they'll get they'll probably want a few weeks rest alright but they have the youth
0: they had, a, they had a big support there on Saturday, Fergal. Then, yeah. uh, now they probably would have more, except the fact that Mead were playing Leash Absolutely. back, back in Armagh. Yeah. A, a bit of an unfortunate, bit of uh, yeah. fixture uh, match arrangement or whatever it is, you know. Because I know of certain people who wanted to go to both games and they were very disappointed to have to make that choice.
1: So after Saturday's game against Fossa, Jimmy Gagan caught up with Castle Town's vice captain or joint captain and goalkeeper Jonathan Gimsy, and we'll go to that interview now.
0: You know, what do you, you do to control a, a sort of uh, an attack like that? Difficult.
2: It was very difficult today, and the conditions were, weren't were great, it was the same for both teams obviously but
0: yeah.
2: uh, the way the game panned out, goal, the goals win the game, Three three goals for us none for asseldon you know, so yeah. it, it was, um, yeah, just minding that we, we didn't get a couple of goals. Only,
0: only for yourself, like you, you could be in
2: six or 7 you Yeah, look, a good saves there, yeah. Then In the last line of defence, if I have to make a save, I'll do my best to make it, uh, Let in three today, saving a couple, but disappointed with letting in three goals. Goals, any day as a goalie you know what I yeah. mean you'd rather a quiet day and a clean sheet yeah. but um, yeah it's just disappointing today we, uh, we had a great year just we wanted we wanted one more day out and one more final but it wasn't to be today. Look, but we've a lot of positives coming into next year already so we'll, uh, we'll work on yeah, it you really believed coming today that you could win it absolutely there, yeah absolutely we believed yeah, 100% we believed we trained all over Christmas we had positivity in our trainings we were you know we had good intensity in our trainings we had a game plan today and look at it just wasn't to be. Um, um, it's also a very, very strong team. Yeah. And, uh, you
0: know. Yeah, as you say what a year, Jonathan. You know, what a two, what
2: two years. You know, what has been, what a year it has been. You know. Yeah. Look at we, like I think Aiden said it the other night. We just, the other night was our hundredth first or second training session since we assembled as a group last year. You know, so when you think of all that and you think of where we've come from to where we are now, yeah. Um, it's, it was a massive year for us, and and a, this team will develop over the next couple of years and intermediate. No doubt about that. You know what I mean? We're a good, uh, good age profile with the younger. You younger
0: think they'll really uh, benefit from this absolutely, experience? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Absolutely. You couldn't buy this experience. No amount of training or or that'll get you experience that we've had in the last yeah. three or four months. You know what I mean? So, yeah, we'll we'll have, hopefully kick on in the intermediate next year. we we'll probably take a bit of a rest for a few weeks, I think, and, and uh, yeah, we'll, we'll kick on next year.
0: The great thing about Castlemount today, I thought, was their attitude in the sense: there's no parking the bus, there's no uh, two or three extra sweepers back. It was. Amazing to man he kind of trusted them, to, you know, he trusted the full-back, uh, uh, Young Hoy, to, to Mark, David Lever. Yes. he trusted, you know, the, and right throughout the team, it was man-to-man. Man.
2: Yeah, well, we kind of said we'd back ourselves and play the style of football, at that was a kind of our talk, and then, like obviously then when we were faced against the gale-force win in the first half we kind of did kind of retreat a little bit like there was take the two goals out in the first half there was only would have only been a point in it at half time you know and there were two maybe slack goals we conceded we might have had a goal ourselves maybe a little half chance so like we were positive at half time you know in the second half playing with the win and felt we didn't do ourselves justice in the first half in front of the goals but um, yeah looking back it's probably it doesn't feel it now but it's been a very successful year and you know we're disappointed today obviously we just wanted another day out in Pro Park next weekend you know what I mean but um, yeah we'll reflect on it over the next few days and realise that it has been uh, uh, a great achievement to be where we are How long are you playing with Castellan? I started Castle in 2004 2004 right ok yeah, yeah. and uh, when you
0: look back at this year uh, John, uh, what, uh, 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 John, what,
2: what is the highlight for you? The highlight of the year has to be winning the county championship. For me, um, forty-six years since we in the county championship, yeah. that has to be the highlight. After that, the Leinster was great. It was a bonus, and then obviously today playing against the Cliffords and all that was was uh, brilliant. Now, but the highlight has to be the the, the championship forty-six years. But that goes to bed. I think was the 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 main thing it had been been Jane captain as well. It was extra special between myself and Jane. Um, you know, just yeah, that was that has and, to highlight uh, And of it.
0: course, um, you know, you've been around a few
2: times losing it. IFC a, a few times, w- once anyway. Once in 07, yeah. And, and, in 07, uh, 07, yeah. And a few semi finals. Yeah, yeah, we lost the final in 07, lost semi finals against for Kenny yeah. Kells, Ballinlaw. Yeah, we've, we've had a few semi final defeats down the years. And um, yeah, just to, to win a championship was great this year. The, the, well, it really was. It's brought the whole club, the community, the whole parish together. Um, and yeah, that's, that's that was the best thing.
1: Talked about teams and, and June McGuinness and Donegal and, and uh, how teams set up. Um, mead me. It was refreshing to see me going out and playing a style of football that wasn't ultra defensive. That was first and foremost about uh playing football and trying to outscore their opponents. Now You're
0: Mead, yeah, Mead, yeah, yeah, yeah
1: yeah. Yeah yeah. So you know they, they you look out onto the field and you can very definitely see that when Leash were on the attack, and it was the same against Carlo on the Wednesday night before that. The style of play that Meter are looking to implement is they're gonna keep their three best forwards up in attack close to goals. Move the ball sharply from defence through the hands, get it to midfield, get it to the sixty-five, and deliver it on foot pass into our scoring forwards. It's basically move the ball quickly and try and beat a retreating defence back by letting the ball in quickly into your inside forwards. It worked well in some extent. In, in some parts of the game, it worked really well. There was other parts where the foot passes went astray and that. So, But the, that basic skill of kicking the ball, and Colin O'Rourke uh, mentions it, and we I have an interview with Colin O'Rourke that we'll play in a few minutes. Colin mentions it, that the kicking the ball skill... Isn't where it should be, and that's down to the fact that the players are coming in uh, from being on other teams that don't kick the ball. That the style of football is hand pass, at hand pass, at play in a defensive mode, hand pass, retain possession, and they look to m- gradually move the ball into attack. Whereas he wants his players kicking the ball.
0: That's all very fine, Fergal. I just make that point now that that um, that's all very fine, and it's great to see that in many respects. But you you come up against Dublin or Kerry. Next, well, next, well, next next summer and do you, do you go man to man do you leave, still leave three forwards in there while, while Dublin are rampaging well, forward
1: well Dublin will, will they rampage forward if you leave three men up in attack are they going to be foolish and folly enough to think Ah, uh, we'll, we'll bull on down into attack and leave those men unmarked managers won't allow that now what Colin Rourke did point out is all the top teams do what Mead are now trying to do kick the ball so Kerry kick yeah, but- past the ball Galway kick past the ball Dublin kick past the ball get it in quickly into sure. their scoring forwards who they leave in that attacking position so there are going to be mistakes there are going to be beatings Mead will take Mead will lose games because of this style of football it's undoubted but we can't just keep doing the same thing that's that old definition of insanity or madness doing Mm. the same thing over and over again expecting a different result we can't just keep doing the same thing funnel 15 men behind the ball try to stop an opponent then try to break slowly get to the 45 metre line recycle the ball backwards from one side of the field change the point of attack over to the other side of the field just little jabs throwing little soft jabs at a defensive unit and expecting them to break
0: Worked in the so last. we're, we're going to go man to man with Dublin. You know, basically like what Castle Town did against Fossa. That's basically what we What we'll be doing then? Yeah, and it might work. It won't
1: work this year
0: because uh, Castle Town might, if they had got packed the bus they might have. They wouldn't have. Probably not. There might have might have Because
1: players like Paulie Clifford and David Clifford and uh, Emmett Shea and Matt Rennie would find a way, the same way as Kieran Kilkenny, Con O'Callaghan, uh, all find a way. Brian, Fender will find a way of breaking down that. Well, Donny d-
0: d- so, d- d- got one in Ireland when they.
1: Yeah, but that, but that's that was a new tactic at the time. That's. Ten years ago. The grinded down dog. <laughs> that's ten years ago. Football has evolved even again since that. And like Kerry won in All-Ireland. So then you can say last year by playing this, this kick-passing game and getting the ball in quickly into Poddy and into Sean O'Shea and into David Clifford. That that's how they're getting the ball in quickly into them. And that's how they, they made hay.
0: But they have forwards. Yeah, yeah. they have forwards that are like David Clifford is probably one of the greatest players of all time of course yeah. The, the, yeah. all the other Kerry players are superb yeah. forwards yeah. Oh, we've
1: got outstanding forwards if you saw look Jordan Morris on for the first 20 minutes or 25 again only a Burn Cup he was playing against Trevor Collins a full back for Leash he'll come up against tougher full backs I'm sure Jordan Morris was outstanding in the first 20 minutes against Leash on Saturday. I thought he was brilliant. He caused absolute mayhem. Mm.
0: You well, add in, not, he's an outstanding player, You yeah. add in
1: Matt Costello, the size of him, absolute sheer physical presence. And for a man who's so big, he's got exceptional skills on the ball. Good news for Mead supporters, uh, after rumours doing the, doing the mill that Shane Walsh wasn't going to be playing this year. Shane Walsh is coming back from mm. Meade. He's back at training this Friday. Another outstanding, talented footballer for Mead. Then you've got Aaron Lynch who's going to be trying to break into that team as well. He commands a sub against Lee He commands you... a sub, yeah. Look, just came on late in the game and he's going to learn from that experience. But an outstanding footballer. Mm. Dermot Moriarty proved against Carlo his capabilities. Outstanding footballers. Derek Campion, a real. I'm not going to compare him to. Uh, to a Kieran Kilkenny or type of player, but and because he's not at that standard, But he's all the possibility and yes. he's all the all the potential in the world to get to that standard. But Meade have to change their style of football to suit these players. Killian O'Sullivan uh, being the prime example. In the past, Killian O'Sullivan was playing as a wing forward and expected to track back and track back. There was times Killian O'Sullivan swept up ball inside his own his own square, his own full back line and then is expected to link up play and get up into the attack he's been left in a forward position and he's enjoyed it he scored 2-2 against Leash on Saturday he was exceptional brilliant football a player at doing what he's good at and that's what he should be allowed to do and this seems to be what Colin O'Rourke is going to get his players to do play to your strengths do what mm. you're good at if you're Aquillion O'Sullivan and you're a main your main threat is as an attacking wing forward and capable of kicking points and getting in at the end of moves and finishing goals, do that. Don't have them back sweeping up in a full back lane. Now that sounds like I'm disrespecting previous management. Previous management set up and used their teams as they saw fit to win games and enjoyed a good bit of success. Look at Andy Matt, and he got us into Division 1 of the league, and we got to the Super 8s in the All Ireland, and we had decent performances in those Super 8s. Probably fitness in the end let us down uh, in those Super 8 games. But then the following year, we didn't kick on and we didn't improve. It's that we tried to do the same thing again. We got figured out. Need to change our style of football. And this meade management team are going to do it. Now, they faded badly against Leash on Saturday. We were uh, looked in a very strong position. Um, 20, what was it? 30, I'm trying to do my sums. So, so 58, in the fifty-eight minute of the game. So you're talking with 12 minutes left. Mead were leading by 210 to 11 points. Both goals and Killing O'Sullivan didn't score again for the remainder. Now we'd emptied the bench and a lot of lads had come in, so there's a huge amount of disruption. But at least it made change. So didn't as score well. for
0: the last uh, tw- tw- uh, fifty-eight minutes. You said
1: no, for Those the minutes. last twelve minutes. Yes. Yeah, well, from you, the fifty-eight yeah, yeah. minutes. yeah. Twelve plus five of injury so you're talking 17 that's minutes that's a concern though, isn't it? And, and it was it was the second period of the game where Mead had gone 12-13 minutes without scoring
0: what about defensively Fergley because Meade uh, the, the, you know the need to sort of get that organised to uh, recent years have been well, g- given a lot of scores away
1: well defensively I, I, it looks to me as if the, the defensive onus is going to be put on our on the six forwards the two midfielders and probably one or two of our half back line or half forward line to funnel back in and provide that defensive structure. Close down opposition, a bit like Aidan Young was saying what their plan was for David Clifford was to cut out the supply. So what mead are looking to do now is going to drop their half forwards into a midfield position where along with the midfielders they can apply the pressure higher up the field and try and disrupt that supply of ball into the forwards
0: but the, the three forwards still stay in there
1: and the meets three forwards will stay up yeah now they'll apply pressure out as far as probably the 45 maybe the 65 they'll apply pressure uh maybe no, a the, corner the, forward
0: the, might go into midfield like to. Yeah, yeah like the
1: front what, what what did they say the first line of defense is your corner forward Really, you know, mm-hmm. so that's what it. But that corner forward isn't going to track the whole way back into mm-hmm. his full back line
0: around midfield. Yeah.
1: If the ball goes beyond midfield, the three forwards will get back into a, nearly a, a type of a triangle where you'll have a, a man on the edge of the square and two men out, you know, in around the forty-five meter line. And then when Mead break, they get the ball in quickly, and it's sent into the into the forwards in those positions. So, look, it's a very simple game plan. But as Colm O'Rourke said. And we played the interview now in a couple of minutes. Some of the kick passing is poor. That particular skill needs to be worked on. So there are going to be mistakes, and we will lose games, and we will lose to Dublin this year if we get to an answer final against Dublin. We will. There's, I, I, I have no doubt about it. But we'll improve. I'm not going to say that. This, and anybody that thinks otherwise is foolish or deluded Well, there's a
0: huge um, wave of optimism among mead yeah. supporters. Ferguson.
1: But uh, mead supporters uh, in the past have been quite fickle in terms of they expect instant results. We expect so We expect to be beaten. Dublin. We're miles behind them. Miles behind them. What were we beaten last year by Dublin? Sixteen points. Twenty points in the last mm-hmm. few years. We can't. Okay, it was one year we got to within eight, but we we had been. Twelve or fourteen down at half time. You know, so it was game over. Mm. and We managed to get back at a, at a snooze in Dublin team to get back close mm. enough to them. But meat supporters need to be patient. And I know it's it's the worst word in sport for a supporter. Uh, the couple of worst words are patience and projects. This is the long term project, and you need to be patient with us. rebuilding process there are green shoots there there are definitely yeah that's another one of them yeah these (laughs) old cliches but there definitely are because we've changed our style give it a chance as I said we will lose to Dublin playing this style of football this year but work on it improve it hone it make it better next year could be a whole different kettle of fish I really believe that two three years down the line if they stick with this game plan few tweaks here Few tweaks there. Eugene Evers working on strength and conditioning. If he can get these players to the same level of skill, or sorry, same level of fitness as the me ladies had, Mm. uh, we're going places. Mm. And, And Paul Garrigan's coaching in there, if he can get the same level of performances and execution of the basic skills out of the men as he got out of the ladies, we're going places. And then you have the inspiration of lads like Barry Callahan, Stephen Bray, and of course the manager. So now is uh, probably the perfect time just to listen to that interview that I got with Colin O'Rourke after the game against Leash. Of course, there's uh, also David Sheehan at the start, from LMF I'm at the start of this interview, but now is the perfect time to listen to that interview.
3: It's a draw against Leeds today, uh, what were your overall thoughts on the game? Uh, I didn't think it was a great quality of
4: game and uh, I suppose we were a bit disappointed with our first half performance, uh, our shooting was fairly poor to put it mildly, but stepped up in effort to second half. We have to look at the overall picture here too, I think that in the two games I think we have had something like uh, about 14 or 15 fellas who never played with me before so you know, from that point of view it's been a worthwhile exercise it's given these fellas games uh, a lot of them were very nervous both weddings tonight night and today before they started so it's it's good from that point of view
3: You mentioned the first half there I think it was 7 or 8 wides and a few balls dropped short when you have the wind behind you like that is there kind of a, a bit of a panic or desperation sometimes for lads to get shots away to try and build up a bit of a score at half time?
4: Yeah and I thought we started well and I thought we looked very good in the first 10 minutes and then it all went a bit flat I, I'd say fellas took wrong options. There was a lot of shots taken that fellas were in a good enough position and deserved to be shooting but uh, our accuracy in both Carlo and today was was poor. We'd, We'd certainly like to be getting our wides down to five or six instead of that now I think in the two games is up at 12 or 14 so the other side of it is that we are getting chances except that we're just not taking them.
3: The other thing as well I suppose is that so many new players coming in and they're trying to bet into a system, there's the nervousness that you mentioned as well for a lot of new players trying to impress. So there's a lot of different factors to contend with for, for managers and for players I suppose. Absolutely and they have to get
4: used to us and we have to get used to them and get to know them. There's a lot of lads who have come in from the regional competitions and pressed and that and it's a big step up for them too to this level of football but uh, the, the only thing about it is that we have asked for is effort, commitment and all those things. And uh, we certainly wouldn't complain about that. So there's going to be a big changeover in in the team probably from the last few years and... uh, that is something I think meet me, people in general that probably don't know a lot of these fellas. There a lot of them unknown quantities, but uh, I think that if they're patient, that uh, a lot of these fellas are going to prove themselves very good players.
3: In terms of the, the new players that you brought in, there's been a lot of them. And um, have you been impressed by how, how guys have adjusted and settled into inter-county football? Very early days, obviously at this stage, but there's been a lot of encouragement from from Wednesday night on tonight.
4: Absolutely. Uh, I suppose uh, w- when you lose a lead, we were five points up, but not that long to go uh, it's a bit of a deflating experience when you, 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 you lose that lead and we didn't score then for the last 10 or 12 minutes as well so from that point of view you'd like to think that if you're able to get in front you should stay in front at times like that but you know from the point of view a lot of young a lot of inexperienced players and uh, you know we're, we're happy enough now with the progress like we haven't been training that long and we have try to do as much work as possible, but uh, there's more done, plenty to do.
3: <laughs> Just finally, you've got Longford on, on Wednesday, they won today. So it's kind of a winner takes all. And of course, the winner of this group goes through to the finals. So plenty on the line and plenty of incentive for another good performance on, on Wednesday night.
4: Yeah, and we'll, we'll be trying to win. We'll be trying to win and try to get to the Auburn Cup final because we believe that the more competitive matches that we get with this group of players. So we have four or five away with Sigerson next week. And uh, we only played them either on... Uh, Wednesday night lasts for a while and uh, you saw their half uh, half hour today for some of those fellas like Cahal Hickey and Dermot Moriarty and uh, Derek Campion you know, so we're trying to be fair to them as well uh, so it'll be a, another new team for Wednesday night, it'll be a mixture of probably the Carlo team and tonight's team and hopefully we might get uh, Ronan Jones Is is, is Close to coming back and Porrick Harnan is getting there and Conor McGill is now back on the panel and he, he, he's starting off and uh, Shane Walsh will be coming in so we have quite a few other players ready to come back as well so it's, it's it, it, we have a lot of optimism I hope
1: Colin from uh, probably our Uneducated seat up in the stand. You can see that there seems to be a, a deviation away from that defensive type of football that has probably been a plague of uh, the GA for many years. Is that a deliberate play, a deliberate tactic for me going forward? Like those times today where you kept three men up and attack rather than flooding everybody behind the ball. Yeah, I suppose we, we we are going to attack and. Uh, We're going to keep,
4: we're going to always keep our good forwards as close to goal as possible, and we're going to try and move the ball quickly. Like that's what the most successful teams do. We're not reinventing the wheel or anything like that. So we're going to try and
1: change our style of play a little bit, all right, and move the ball faster and keep our forwards up. And as well as that, it's that kick passing is something that's very evident a lot more. Is it sometimes trying to convince the fellas? kick pass at the right time and use the right option today there was some maybe or maybe some more so on Wednesday night that some of the kick passes were maybe rushed a little bit more um, so it's a, a work in progress in terms of applying that tactic
4: yeah absolutely we've we've been putting a bit of emphasis with the lads in kicking but uh, the reality is that a lot of them are coming from both uh, clubs and and maybe other teams that they play with who, who don't rely much on kicking so the skill level of kicking has probably decreased and it's something that we're going to have to work on but fellas, have, fellas are happy to try it and you know we're trying to play the game going forward as much as we possibly can rather than back or laterally and it's going to take a while, it's going to take a while but again you know, have to be enthused by the fact that fellas have taken on and as you said they've been kicking the ball some of the time not very well in fairness but again you know if you don't take a risk of kicking it you're not going to make progress so we're encouraging everybody to kick the ball and if they make mistakes put it behind them and
1: get on with it. But It is actually refreshing to see and and it leads to more exciting games I think Um, have you been impressed with the Quality of or the the excitement of the first two games of the Burn Cup, you don't always see that in the Burn Cup.
4: No, I certainly am, and I'm, I'm I'm enthusiastic about the way that our fellows have responded. And I've mentioned the fact that 14 or 15 players have now played in the Burn Cup, who never put a new jersey on them at any comp- at senior competitive level. So from that point of view, it's been great. The games have been competitive, and uh, I think that there's a lot of value. We'll be putting a big emphasis on trying to win now against Longford we won't be sorta of saying
1: oh it's just a, a game and we're gonna we're gonna try and win it and get to the final. Super and just lastly then um you mentioned Shane Walsh coming back in there of course the rumour mill going round which you don't always believe rumors were that he was taking a year out, but Shane is back and and
4: Shin is back he's 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 captain uh, of DCU in the Sigerson and he he wants to put a bit of a an effort and time into that and in fairness to him we give him the the time and space but he's going to be back in he says he'll be back in with us next week so he's going to be training on Friday night Conor McGill who had a long year and had played hurling and football and he wanted a bit of a break which was fair enough for him too and we gave it to him and he's coming back Roland Jones has had a lot of injury problems he He's had time away to try and get himself sorted out. He's been back with us for a few weeks now and he's fresh and hungry and ready to go and Parik and the same who's had a lot of injury problems. So you know, I'm very impressed by the attitude of these fellas who are keen to get back into it and showing a willingness to work hard. And Jack Flynn had an ankle
1: operation but it's not a a big one.
4: No, he had an ankle operation before Christmas and uh, hopefully we'll have him back training within the next couple of weeks. So, Again, you know, there's an extra bunch of players there to come in. A lot of them with a bit of experience as well, which would be good. I suppose, in fairness, you know, when you put out seven or eight brand new fellas in a game against Carlo on a Wednesday night, it's hard to expect too much of them. And uh, I think that overall, we'd be happy with progress.
1: Brilliant. That's great
0: what about newcomers right? who have impressed you in that regard or any sort of I, I
1: was impressed with, for most of the game up until that fifty-eight minute with, with most of the team Harry Hogan is, is a ball of energy and goals and uh, I think we've got a, a few good goalkeepers there a few good options including his own brother Billy who's probably going to be the meet under 20 goalkeeper and Sean Brennan was excellent against Carlo. It made a brilliant save towards the end of the game and um, I like the look of Ross Ryan, who's, of course, Ronan Ryan's twin brother, Ronan, uh, I think had an operation on a groin issue. Mightn't have had an operation, but he has an injury that he's, he's recovering from at the minute, so he's not available just yet. But Ross Ryan come in, having been on the knee panel before, Mm-hmm. Thought he was excellent at cornerback. Uh, thought he had a really, really good game. Thought Michael Flood, uh, my own club man, Connor Quigley. I thought had a really good game as well. Really aggressive, strong. His first competitive start for Mead. Seeing a football team. Two boys in midfield, Dohy McGowan um, and Shane Crosby worked hard. And Shane Crosby from Dulie Bailey like he, he looked as if he'd been playing in that position for Mead for five or six years. He didn't look out of place at all and didn't look overall by it. So he's going to learn from that. And you think of Meade's midfield options, they still have Ronan Jones to come back, uh, who's coming back after many injuries and he's been he's just been cursed with injuries for the last few years. He's a time to recover now. Jack Flynn has had a minor operation on his ankle before taught, Christmas. Yeah. He's due back. He's going to be a huge addition to the midfield. Ab McGowan add Shane Crosby uh, there's, there's other guys there as well add Breen Conlon who played in that position against Carroll. good options now you know mm. with more options now than and that probably would be a lasting legacy of of all the work that had gone on before there's plenty of lads there are plenty of options coming through there as well as I said Cillian O'Sullivan I thought was excellent Jordan Morris was brilliant in the first half Keith Curtis showed well for a lot of ball out in front Um but uh, it's plenty to get excited about for lead football I think and I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't uh, again process patience green shoots all the usual bullshit yeah. that you hear but if ever it was a time the when the project
0: is advancing yeah
1: whenever a time it's relevant we need it now and we need these idiots that hide behind their uh, avatars on, on social media that are going to be without doubt after the court game if it doesn't go well in the National League that would we'll be out there criticising and managing we need them just to pipe down let the, the players get on with it
0: there's a great, great sense that uh, Colin Marroak wants to win this Aborn Cup because he knows no doubt that uh, winning a competition for any team it can give them a huge boost give them a huge surge of confidence mm. well
1: he but wants I, to win every game and mm. a consequence of, of winning every game would be winning born Cup it would also be winning your National League it'll be winning the Leinster and winning the All-Ireland he wants to win every game he says mm. uh, after the Leash game you might have heard it on the podcast the last day that even if they're playing a seven aside in training whichever team he's looking after and that he wants his team to win that game mm. he wants to win everything yeah, and, well, and, and they're going out with that approach is to win everything now yeah. it's not going to happen uh, he wants to win it in his certain style as well but uh, we have to change something because the old way of doing it wasn't working
0: well let, let's see they're, they're playing uh, Longford in Ashbourne on Wednesday night so they have to win that to get so to winner takes to, 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 all winner yeah, gets well winner advances to, to the
1: final yeah yeah, yeah.
0: so uh, we, which know, is on it, the
1: same it, night as uh, our sports awards Friday the 20th of the January the final is the on the same yeah, night yeah yeah, yeah. yeah so, so. Uh, <sighs> you know, we, we look like funny looking geezers up at the back of a stand in our tuxedos I <laughs> know <laughs> <laughs> <But, laughs> ah, we won't plus it's not black tie affair by way anyway, the sports right, awards okay, so yeah, anybody yeah. that is wondering I think it's <laughs> available for the sports awards if people want to uh, just contact uh, the Mead Chronicle okay, and uh, for, we'll see we uh, certainly a great
0: tickets. night a great night for anybody interested in Mead sport but uh, Fergal you were at the Mead Hurling team as well and they're going well too it seems that they've won they've won their opening I was at a match there last week against Wicklow and Bray but you were at, at the game yesterday yeah. um, I, was you know, at, I was
1: in, in uh, wonderful Dungani, Dungani. yesterday, practically <laughs> tropical against money. Dan Mars. Jesus Christ what a place to hold it's, it's not suitable for Intercounty games let's start off with this i'll say this and then we'll move on hosting intercounty games in dungani is not suitable no scoreboard there, no scoreboard no pa and that no no press facilities that's just a whinge from our point of view but myself and brendan cummins were standing on the sideline. i am okay in that i had pen and paper but brendan has has electrical equipment uh to be able to broadcast to the nation you know and about and it absolutely lashed out of heaven's late in the first half uh managed to get his umbrella up and and try to keep his equipment dry for him as best we could but uh everybody coming over them which I've no problem in doing but spectators that were there I know it was free and no idea what the score was Uh, As it turned out, Mead won comfortably. So everybody knew Mead won 2.20 or Mead won comfortably. What they didn't know is that it was 2.24 to one sixteen. So Dungani is not a suitable place for hosting inter-county games. It wasn't built for that purpose. Dungani was built as a training centre, centre of excellence, where challenge matches could be played all right, but it's built as a training centre for... Teams prepare for intercounty games.
0: I suppose it says something that the the football game was in Park Tauten, as you'd expect, but the hurling game. A yeah, hurling team, uh, didn't play in Park. They played It was meant to be in Boardmill. Yeah, well,
1: it was meant to be in Boards Mill
0: a great hurling stronghold and a
1: brilliant pitch, and had a, has an electric electric scoreboard there now as well. Again, it and
0: a, and a little area for uh, the press, you know, between the two dugouts. Yeah, well, <laughs> well, it was built for that. It was built it was for that built purpose for, for one <laughs> press reporter maybe, but anyway, well you know and they, they unfortunately people tend to go out onto the line from the subs you can't see that from much but anyway look aside from that a little moan and a, a whinge
1: it, mm. it was 224 to 116 for me they they played really well and we talk about a change of style for the footballers yes. um the hurlers uh, what, like, Saoirse, like Saoirse Saoirse the ball out. has has in his time as a head coach with Nick Weir, mm. he tried to implement this short passing game, retention of possession, holding on to the ball, making sure you get it to the man in the better didn't position. did quite
0: work to, uh, to mm-hmm. last year.
1: Well, again, it's a bit like what we're saying with the footballers. It's not something that's just going to click. When th- those basic skills have to improve. So there was definitely a massive sign of improvement on Sunday in Dungani. They really, really were clever in their passing. Uh, Having James Thore back at centre-back was was a huge addition to him. He's really cool, calm, poised on the ball, gets his hand on it, wins possession, distributes it really well. Um, And then they had good players all around them as well. So the likes of uh, Kyle Donnelly from Clemessen had a very good game at number five. Mm. Uh, In midfield, Sean Gerrity. Was was thought I had a really really good game alongside Pa Ryan, who only really broke into the Trim team in the latter end of the Jubilee Cup. Yeah, Pa is from what county? It's from is Tipperary.
0: He's Tipperary, and, on, uh,
1: yeah. I think he, he is. On, yeah. Tipperary. But he had an excellent game in midfield, and then but the the star, the star of the show,
0: trim, yeah. of the show really
1: was, was Niall McLarnon uh, from Rathold. He scored one six from play. Uh, had a really really good game he was really impressive he took his scores well took his goal well brilliantly took his goal I think he hit the crossbar with another shot as well um, he was really good Simon Ennis from line had a really good game Nicky Potterton inside had a really good game Dame O'Healy at full forward even though he came out the field a good bit was a, a brilliant focal point and a real target like a magnet for those Short, sharp, quick passing that Toher was distributing out from the centre back. So you could see the style of play that Sersha Bolfman is trying to implement is starting to come mm. good. And while, as he called it himself, um, his anus Horblis was 2022, where Meade lost 11 games in a row after, after beating Kildare in the league. They then lost the rest of their league games and lost all their Joe McDonough Cup games to get relegated from both league and Joe McDonough. The, um, it, it was his honest Herbus He says. it's great to get two wins under his belt. Uh, so what we might actually do, just before I go and talk about the game, we might just listen to uh, our interview that, that I got with Sirsha
5: Bulfin after the game here.
1: Very
6: happy with that, I was-
5: yeah, look, any day you win matches, you're going to be happy, like to be fair. We're very happy. We're, we're look, we're under no illusions. This is the, the, the second weekend in January and they were short a lot of lads and we are in the middle of a heavy block of training as well. But look, it's always great to win a matches like your aim is to go out and win as many competitive matches every year as possible. So from that point too it's great to get a win, you know.
6: And did very well to come back to come back after uh being after being ahead and then conceding the goal in the first half and down threatened to dominate there for a while coming up before coming up to half time.
5: Yeah, I, I was only sent to the like, Heads in the line, I think, just to probably that, that couple of minutes before half time probably set us up in a sense that we got the, the two or three points and brought it back level when it looked like they were going to kick on. Um, and of course, we came out to start the second half, it looked like the breeze had died. But um, no, look, I was very happy again the other night against Wicklow, just no lads answer with the last couple of scores so it's always very positive you know
6: well then James Tover's goal from the penalty that uh, pretty much put the game to bed because it killed off their challenge effectively
5: <laughs> yeah I, I did look it, it, it settled everything down See, our lads are, are a bit. They're all anxious at times. They're all trying to get on the ball and maybe, um, they're, they're maybe not used to getting as much ball as, as they got today. So they're a little bit anxious. So it was it was just nice. We had a lot of new lads as well. We have playing senior her adult hurling for the first time. So it was just it settled them once we got that goal. It did settle them. Um, but that's not taking anything from. As I said, look, we we're under no illusions that the were short a lot of lads. And I think they played a they were down in Tipperary yesterday playing a challenge match. So. Th- they we're shorting off that lead so i mean look, we won't be getting too carried away with this you know
6: but still to, to get two wins out of two Um, th- this, this is
5: encouraging. It's definitely encouraging. Yeah, twenty twenty two was my end as horrible as I suppose. <laughs> it, was, it was tricky. Um, so it is to be, winning, to be winning a couple of competitive matches back to back is good. But like I said, look, it is January and there's no prizes, rewards, or anything given out in January. So we, we're under no illusions. We'll be back at it Tuesday night, working even harder than we did for the last couple of weeks to make sure we can follow up that performance. Another performance of fortnight against Carolina. You, know? you, you
6: said you did mention the younger players getting experience. And that but the older head as well in particular had maybe of the all James Tor huge, hugely influential in that success.
5: Uh, look you, you could see from the first day came in with us, he's, a, he's a phenomenal hurler I mean, you, we tracked him right through the, the campaign with Trim so we knew what we were getting in James Like, in, I mean Slew O'Reilly has been involved with, with me for a couple of years on my head coach and he knew exactly what to expect and, and James hasn't let us down from that point of view so far he's a phenomenal hurler well able to use the ball a good head but look there's more than James Tor involved we've a load of, of really eager lads that are willing to, to put their hand up and they're working awful hard which is great to see, you know
6: and the, today's win and those two wins now will put a spring in the step it'll be that little bit better going in uh, Carlo in a fortnight's time away they're always tricky opposition for me
5: uh, they are but look at the end of the day you're getting ready for the league and our after Wicklow the other night like we knew the next three competitive matches are against teams in 2 who we struggled against last year so they're the sort of games you want to be getting um, and as you said look after losing that many matches last year it was very hard to come into training some nights um, so it's a little bit easier to come to the field and choose the night maybe after winning like today but again the important thing is like we're not going to get even carried away with that we'd a lot of lads training before the the game today. So look, January effectively is is it's a pre season month if you like, but you know, it's it's still great with the matches.
1: sure she does twenty five scores but uh not meaning to be uh, go to negative, those 16 wides as well. It shows the amount of possession you had,
5: but there is plenty to work on as well. Oh, jeez there's a load to work on. That's what I'm saying. But we certainly won't be getting carried away with that. I, I would have thought it was nearly close to 20 wides for a finish because every second shot seemed to be wide. But yeah, we hit 15 or 16 wides, we're saying. Uh, we hit the crossbar as well. So little bits of peace like that. There's loads of room for improvement. And as I said, we're going to have to work awful hard because we know it's coming in 2B and, and after that in the Christian. We're in for every day we go. It's going to be an absolute slog and a battle so we've got to be ready for that you know but the style of play that you're trying to implement that that accurate pass and retaining possession you're starting to see that come to come to fruition yeah, there. Well, suppose, the, the truth is we haven't a whole lot done yet because literally as I said we only kind of trimmed the panel the other day and we've probably we'll have to trim it a little bit more maybe before the league but yeah we're starting to work on little basic things alright uh, but yeah I'd have to be I'd be very happy with the use of the ball today and how they retain possession obviously the finishing, as you said 2.23 is good scoring but um, 15 Sixteen wides. You're not going to to win games every day. You go if you're hitting that many wides. You no, know? but it was to be worse maybe if we weren't creating the chances. It's up to us now to work on and maybe turning those into scores in the future.
1: So yeah, Jimmy Sirsor been very much aware that it's still only January. Um, he's not getting carried away by two wins, but looking forward to he's looking forward to Division Two B. Looking forward to the Christy Ring Cup campaign, and uh, he just reflected on how. The team started well, got themselves into a good position, went nine points to four up after 21 minutes, uh, but then allowed Down to come back into it where there was a nine-point swing and Down went 110 to nine points up. So Saoirse was really happy with the character of the team just before halftime to get themselves back level just before half time, And then Toher's goal from the penalty proved to be just a really settling score and they went on and they just ran out comfortable winners
0: yeah well hopefully it's a uh, you know two in winning can become a habit as any team knows so, so can losing so hopefully they can continue that on and win the Kyo cup
1: yeah well it's yeah. so their next game is against carlo it's on the 22nd of january so they have a couple of weeks isn't it? Mm. If the kill cup is a five-team uh, competition mm. this year just been run in a group stage with whoever finishes top wins the Kyo cup there's no final so it's just the top team wins the Kill Cup.
0: So it's Carlo a league, really. were
1: beaten in the first game by Kildare. So Meade played Carlo next, and then they play Kildare in their final game. So they're in a very strong position.
0: Okay, uh, they were thumped by Carlo twice last thumped, year. But they were thumped so, by Down as well last uh, year. Yeah, so that's a... That's, you know,
1: Carlo were beaten by Kildare this year, who Meade beat last year. So, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's <laughs> got to weigh all these mm-hmm. things up. Um,
0: I, well, yeah. So it's so, great to see these victories, but it's, it is only... Pre-season competitions, so yeah. we're not getting too carried away just yet, no. in terms of what they achieve. But the the managers seem to be putting together the team they want, and so on. And uh, I was at a rugby match actually on Friday yeah, night. For yeah. I was so so G- that's to
1: say, we're, we're not just uh, a GA podcast or a GA newspaper, and we no. do like to give coverage to uh, probably you know Ashburn's second team against a team called North Mead from up around Kells probably not too many in people in would have heard Jenkinson them Cup in the Jenkinson Cup final and uh, a
0: nice occasion Jimmy yeah it was a nice occasion actually out in Valerie's Gold look there are two uh, great strongholds of rugby really in, in me in Ashburn uh, there are tremendous facilities there I remember a couple of years ago the All Blacks play, uh, training there we went up to see uh, you know and had a word with, with Carter and a few of the other Dan Carter. Uh, you know and Dan Carter and and um, the boxer, the, remember the, the the lock forward? He he was also a boxer. Joe Parker, uh, no, no um, Sonny. Sonny Boy w- w- Williams. Williams, yes. Uh, so, well, just a quick word with him, but uh, so that you know they have t- t- tremendous facilities there. But the match was in Ballard's Gold, the, uh, the North Mead. Now I was talking to Jack Kenny, the president of North Mead, and he he said about how the club you know, really went through some difficult times. In the um, you know during the COVID era, you know during the pandemic, they they, they actually thought they were going to, it was going to knock them out of business because I thought to close basically closed shop for a while. But look, they've bounced back. Both clubs have bounced back. And had plenty of players available and and underage in both clubs is strong. So and the final score was? Um, tw- Ashburn, Ashburn won. Um, 25 20, 15, 20, Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Fergal, yeah. So, so, so Northmead had a good lead though. They were 25 Yeah, they Yeah, they, were, they started well. They had a good first half and then early in the second half, and it just shows you the the importance of discipline in sport. had uh, two players, now in France, you know, they had a sin bend for relatively... Uh, minor offences, you could say, but there were. Look, there were. they were supposed to be sin bin, and that's that's what the rules say. So. The, and this, they lost their way after that. They had a win with them at that stage, but they lost their way. So, yeah, you, you know, you've got to keep discipline and you've got to keep everybody on the pitch, especially in rugby. It, in, in GA, it's a bit different, it seems. It could, sometimes, often, it can inspire the team who has a player sent off yeah. to greater efforts. But in rugby, for some reason, and in soccer, you really suffer. So, um, Ash, North Mead lost their way and lost the match. But you know, look, the club is going strong, uh, and it's it's good to see them. It's good to see them, you know, with lots of players. So yeah, that was that was it then, on Friday night. Um, and but otherwise, Farragull, there wasn't that much happening at the weekend apart from it was a busy weekend, of yeah, course. Yeah, busy
1: weekend. I think the Mead uh, Mead Masters Cross Country Championships were on in Trim as well. Um, we'll have details on them in next week's paper we actually mm. have a jam-packed paper already this week um, and
0: Navin lost to Nina in, Navin, in the rugby yeah Navin not beat Nina? no they lost that match All right, okay, yeah.
1: I misread that scoreline so I thought they won but anyway yeah, um, yeah so it, yeah busy and then the soccer season um, won't be long until that's rolling around again with uh the uh, with the League of Ireland will be starting up probably in February again, and I'm sure the NEFL will be starting yeah. to get themselves in order to get the new season up and running. It's 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 not over for some teams who are still involved in especially mm. underage teams who are still involved in SFAI Cup games and that. So, look, at yeah. it, it's all busy, and of course, on the horse race in front, we're still uh, Gordon Elliotts and and Gavin Cromwell's and Noel Meads and Thomas Gibneys and John McConnells and. Uh, Keep Dunhu riding winners and you know, it's 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 a phenomenal little county Jimmy really for in terms of sports people we produce. It really is and and that's why at our sports awards on the twentieth of January, it's just our little way of honouring them and it's great it's great to be able to honour our our people that just give us endless hours of joy.
0: Really? yeah absolutely okay okay Fergo, listen thank you very much for another contribution and uh you know, other more insights into uh, me football and hurling as as the, as the season begins to pick up pace so thank you listeners for listening to another edition of Talk a Good game and hopefully we'll be you'll join us next week as well Say hi.